You're listening to the weekly sermon from Clarkston United Methodist Church in Michigan. We are a church dedicated to connecting people to people and people to God. To learn more, visit us at clarkstonumc.org. Today's scripture comes from the letter to the Philippians. I thank my God every time I mention you in my prayers. I am thankful for all of you every time I pray, and it's always a prayer full of joy. I'm I'm glad because of the way you have been my partners in the ministry of the gospel from the time you first believed it until now. I'm sure about this. The one who started a good work in you will stay with you to complete the job by the day of Christ Jesus. I have good reason to think this way about all of you because I keep you in my heart. You are all my partners in God's grace, both during my time in prison and in the defense and support of the gospel. God is my witness that I feel affection for all of you with the compassion of Christ Jesus. This is my prayer, that your love might become even more and more rich with knowledge and all kinds of insight. I pray this so that you will be able to decide what really matters, and so you will be sincere and blameless on the day of Christ. I pray that you will then be filled with the fruit of righteousness which comes from Jesus Christ in order to give glory and praise to God. The word of God for the people of God. I love 
Please pray with me. Holy God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. The Beatles are my favorite band, and I want to tell you why. So nowadays, you can access a million songs by going on Spotify or whatever streaming app you like to use. But before there were apps, my family had a 100 CD player. Which, yes, that's right. Which I felt meant that we were extremely serious about music. And there was a whole section in this 100 CD player devoted to 60s music. And in particular, we had a number of Beatles albums. And back in that day, I had a Walkman portable CD player with advanced anti-skip technology. <laughs> now, we had the confirmation class, the ninth graders in with us in worship in the first service, and I told them, if you don't know what all those words mean, please talk to your parents afterwards. So <laughs> that goes for any kids we have uh, this morning for 11 as well. And I would listen to an album at a time because I can't remember if my dad allowed me to borrow a CD or if I kind of snuck it out, but you chose a CD at a time and, you, and I would listen to it over and over and over again. And each CD was about half an hour long, so you got through the CD quite a number of times if you were listening to it all day. And two of my favorites were Revolver and Rubber Soul. And at one time, I could have told you the entire track list and which song came after which song and so on and so forth because that's the number of times that I listened to it in order, in album order. One of the songs from Rubber Soul, which, by the way, is the sixth studio release of the Beatles in the UK, one of the songs is called In My Life. And one version of the story is that John Lennon wrote the lyrics to the song and Paul McCartney wrote the music to the song, although... Across the years, people have remembered differently, and so some people have said, well, it was mostly really John Lennon. There is some lore that the little keyboard jazzy solo in the middle that you heard was written by George Martin, their producer, and certainly played by him on the recording. John Lennon describes In My Life as his first real piece of music, his first real piece of work, because it actually described things from his own life, reminiscing about where he had been and what, what he felt about it. And it's the kind of song that invites each listener to reflect, to reflect on what's most important. Because there are places I'll remember all my life, though some have changed, some forever, not for better. Some have gone and some remain. And all these moments had their, had their moments. All these places had their, their moments. And I'll often stop and think about them. And then the song ends, in my life, I love you more. We don't officially know who John Lennon was writing about, who the you was in the song. But it's a bit of a universal kind of song because it invites each one of us to consider what 
do we love more? What are our priorities? What's most important to us? When we look back at everything we've seen, everywhere we've been, everything we've done, what is it that is most important? What do we truly value? What do we elevate over all of the other things? And then what do we want to focus on as we move into the future? When we're done reminiscing and we're looking at the path ahead, what do we have on our minds? These are the, the same kind of themes that the Apostle Paul was writing about in the book of Philippians as well. He writes thanking God, praying for the people. He gives thanks for the kind of support that he receives from them. And then he writes, I pray all this so that you'll be able to decide what really matters. And you have to remember that Paul was writing this letter to the church in Philippi while he was in prison. So he had a lot of time to reflect. He had a lot of time to think about the past and about the future. And faith to Paul is at the core of everything. Following Jesus is the most important thing. And if you're here in worship, if you're listening to this sermon, following Jesus is pretty high on your priority list as well. It's about following Jesus who preached that the last shall be first and the first shall be last. Jesus who invites us to be peacemakers and to pray for our enemies. Jesus who teaches us that sacrificial love is the way to live. Following Jesus changes everything for Paul, for the early church, for us today. And as people in a fast-paced world with lots of demands and seemingly hundreds of things to do on any given day, we find ourselves sometimes struggling to carve out the time to make faith a priority. Sometimes it's difficult to prioritize those things that we feel matter the most. Pastor Amy preached recently about how we get caught up in the struggles of the urgent rather than dedicating the time to things that are truly important. And Paul's words invite us to ponder our priorities, to think about how we're spending our time. I was at a funeral recently for a clergy colleague who died at the age of 57. And our bishop in Michigan, B Bishop David Allen Bard, preached this sermon and he quoted the poet Mary Oliver from her poem, The Summer, the Summer Day. That poem famously ends with the question, Tell me, what is it you plan to do with your one wild and precious life? Attending a funeral for a 57-year-old is not an easy thing to do, and the truth is none of us know how much time we really have, but it's precious, and it's important to, spending that, to spend that time doing the things that really matter to us. Paul writes, I pray you will be able to decide what really matters? Well, for me, for my life, for my priorities, the last six and a half years I have spent with all of you. I've spent being your pastor. Now, the first time I visited Clarkston United Methodist Church was in January of 2017, and I remember touring the building, and I remember meeting the staff parish relations committee, and I was taken out to see a giant, hole in the ground. People were so excited about it. There was a giant dirt pile over that away. And people said, can you see it? How great is that? And what I saw as just a pile of dirt full of dreams has now become our community center 
where people play pickleball and volleyball and basketball on any given day of the week, where we host blood drives and mission projects and real talk and mission possible and Italian dinner and rummage sales. It started as a dirt pile. And now it's a place where ministry happens. I remember when it was just dirt. And I remember the day the concrete floor got poured. And I remember when the whole staff had to move offices from where we had been down to the fellowship hall into shared spaces. And I remember when the community center was finally finished and we worshipped there for months. Does anybody remember that? Debbie Bishop was reminiscing with me this morning, you never knew which entrance we could use to get in the church, and so the congregation was always guessing, where do we park? Which way do we go in? What way will be available to us? Will there be bathrooms? Nobody knows. (laughs) I remember when we put on our hard hats and we made a makeshift path through the grand hall that was under construction at that time, and we waved our palm branches and we said hallelujah for Palm Sunday so we could be in the sanctuary. I remember all the weird smells and noises and inconveniences that came with construction. And I remember writing prayers on the floor of the gathering space. People signed scripture verses and their names and wishes for what God would do in that space. And now as we walk into it, those prayers guide our path. I remember the joy of Consecration Sunday and a project well-managed and well completed. We never could have guessed then where God would lead us today. And it feels like ancient history in some ways, doesn't it? By this point, some of you have never known the building any way other than it is right now in all of its completed glory. And I feel a little bit like John Lennon reminiscing about it, like there are places I'll remember all my life and some have changed. In this case, it's for the better. I told you I remembered the dirt pile. Well, what I remember even more about that first meeting with all of you, with the leaders from this church, was actually my amazement that everybody knew the vision for the church. Everybody knew what God was leading us to. Everyone understood the why. And as I listened, I came to understand something that was true then and is true today. This church changes lives. This church matters in this community. And every person I met that very first day who I talked to, they were able to talk about that. And they all used different words and they all used their own stories, but every person in some way echoed the mission of Clarkston United Methodist Church, which is to vitally connect people to people and people to God. I've gotten to know some of you pretty well over the last six and a half years, and You've gotten to know me too. We've been on this journey together of following Jesus, of growing in faith, of helping others. And you all have loved me through a lot, both good and bad. You have loved me through the loss of a grandparent and the adoption of a child and the loss of a child. And I feel like I've loved you all through a lot too. Construction, consecration, a worldwide pandemic, retirement of a senior pastor, transition to a new senior pastor. Just think about the last five or six years or so. Some of you have had losses. Some of you have had complicated family situations. 
Some of you have celebrated baptisms or graduations or new jobs or new homes. Some of you have had injuries. I'm looking at you, choir, please. <laughs> no more injuries, choir. John's lyrics and Paul's words to the Philippians invite us to reflect on where we have been and what God has brought us through. And there's a lot we can look back on. But the question moving forward is, what matters most to us as we move into the future? What do we love most? How are we spending our time and our energy and our resources to reflect the priorities that we have in our hearts? Well, I can tell you there are hundreds of United Methodist churches in Michigan. And I'm really honored that I get to tell people I serve with all of you at the Clarkston United Methodist Church. I'm thankful to be a pastor at the kind of church where helping people is a major priority. Serving people, mission, is a core value through things like mobility worldwide, through things like Love in Action Week. Not every church has a Love in Action Week. Sending youth to Alaska. I love that we love to help people. A monthly client choice food pantry, a little free pantry outside our north entrance. There's always something going on in the life of this church to help people, whether it's in Clarkston or around the world. And I'm grateful to serve a church where learning, growing in faith, is a priority too. It's okay to ask questions here. It's safe to express doubts in this place. It's all right if we don't have it all together, if we have things that we're unsure about. It's a safe place to bring your quandaries. Intellectualism is encouraged. I love that. And I'm proud that this is a church that welcomes everybody. It doesn't matter if you're a Republican or a Democrat or a Libertarian or a Green Party member, if you're gay, if you're straight, if you're questioning, Everyone is welcome to follow Jesus here. Christ's table is open to everyone, and that makes me so proud as your pastor. I'm humbled to serve a church that is as generous as all of you are. I'm constantly surprised at the way you, say, you share your lives and your faith and your resources. Right now, we have volunteers down in the community center preparing a meal for the mission project that'll happen at noon. I emailed a few of you a couple weeks ago to say, hey, will you come help me with a project in the gathering space? And nine of you showed up and gave several hours of your time assembling mason jars, which I'll talk about in a minute. You all didn't know what that project was, and you gave several hours of your time to make it happen. Today, as you leave, you'll be handed one of these mason jars. We're calling it a dare to dream jar. And this is a devotional for the days ahead. The idea is that you'll take one jar for your household and pick a time, maybe dinner time or maybe right before bed or first thing in the morning. And each day, you'll draw out a slip of paper. And on that paper, it'll have something that I think reflects some of the priorities we hope to have as people of faith. A scripture passage, an invitation to pray, a challenge to live out faith in some kind of way in the days ahead. If you're not in person to pick up your jar, we have some envelopes already prepped. We can mail you a devotional. If you're online, you're in Florida, just contact the main office. We're people who live out our faith. And 
together, we come up with creative ways to do that. One of those ways in the days ahead is to take this devotional. When all is said and done, this is a place where it's safe to bring our joys and our sorrows. It's safe to ask questions, to discover who we are as a follower of Jesus. This is a place where we listen together for God's call, where we're alert, looking for the movement of the Holy Spirit, where God is calling us to next. This is a faith community that exists to vitally connect people to people and people to God, and we're not afraid to dream big about where God may be leading us in the days to come. And the road to following Jesus may be long, and it may be winding, and we may be uncertain what God has in store for us, but I'm so grateful that I get to join all of you on this journey. Amen. You've been listening to the weekly sermon from Clarkston United Methodist Church in Michigan. We are a church dedicated to connecting people to people and people to God. To learn more, visit us at clarkstonumc.org.